0: your underscore Matt. Today is Wednesday, October the 18th, 2023. It's episode 175 of the podcast. However, you listen, thank you for doing so. Many ways to find the show. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and com, just to name a few. You can also listen over on YouTube. Search bar Matt Burner, your show. You'll get this episode along with the 174 prior. And as always, please rate, review, subscribe, thumbs up, thumbs down, uh, make sure the bell icon's lit up if you're over on YouTube. Leave reviews for better or for worse. It helps everybody involved, and we greatly appreciate it. Uh, apologies for no show last week. It was just a combination of things. Uh, the first full week away for Keeneland. You know, the week before, it was kind of a three day week. And there's a number of just for me especially with the amount of traveling i'm not staying in lexington i'm going back and forth so i get down here i'm here for a five-day stretch i go home for 24 30 hours and then i come back so last week was just kind of kind of a bit trying to get my bearings straight and you know when the days are over it's kind of hard to get I was just kind of behind the eight ball a little bit. So apologies for no show last week. There will be two shows this week. In fact, there's going to be probably one today and one tomorrow. I'm recording this at 9.22 on Wednesday evening. i probably do the other one tomorrow night. I have a dinner with uh, Kenny Rice that I'm going out to. Kenny lives down in the uh, in the surrounding area. So I'm looking forward to catching up with him. haven't seen him since the Preakness, I guess it would be. Yeah, Preakness. Um, but I will see him again in a few weeks at the Breeders' Cup. And before we dive into what this week's show is, or this today's show is, again, you're going to get two two shows in a matter of 24 hours, roughly. We got to catch up a little bit on paying bills. Uh, missed an ad read for our friends at Adelphi last week. And look, they had a great 2023 up at Saratoga. Tremendous year so far, led by the stakes winning and graded stakes place, New York bred Philly Funny How. Uh, Adelphi is primed to have a big time second half. I know we're a little bit beyond the second half, but 2023, they continue to really go out there and have nothing but live runners. Uh, they've got several horses set to compete in stakes races, including Community Adjusted, 10, and Zirati. Uh, their partners over at Adelphi Racing are particularly excited to unveil They're a class of 11 two-year-olds over the coming months. Quite simply, there has never been a better time to be a partner. If you're looking for a collaborative horse ownership experience that offers a fiscally sustainable approach to horse ownership, then Adelphi Racing is the right fit for you. We're not just another syndicate, and our members aren't just investors. We are partners. We are all in this thing together. If you're interested in more information on Adelphi Racing, contact them today and get a taste of the Adelphi experience. There are many ways to do so. First, the website is Adelphiracing.com. The email address is Matt at on social media Instagram at Adelphi underscore racing and on Twitter at Adelphi Club. be sure to check them out. They've been great supporters of the network in the past. They do great work. They've got good horses. And if you're even if you're someone who's owned horses in the past, but maybe you're just looking for a different experience, be sure to check these guys out. Uh, also our friends at the Breeders Cup. Obviously, the challenge series has come and gone. We are less than three weeks away from the World Championships out at Santa Anita. If you are interested in information on the event, breederscup.com. If you are a better, and put it this way, even if you've never played in contests, if you are someone that is going to bet at least $10,000 Breeders' Cup weekend, I know that's a massive amount of money for 99% of us, but some people do that on a regular basis. If you're one of those people, you should absolutely be playing in the Breeders' Cup Betting Challenge. I am jealous. I'm envious. I'm not allowed to play anymore. But if you have the opportunity and you are someone, whether you plan on trying to qualify in the sort of, you know, shadow of the wire, or you're someone that just bets a lot, go check it out. It's a great event. You have a great time. You've got the best racing in the world to bet on. Um, the Breeders' Cup and the Breeders' Cup betting challenge. You can find all the information over at BreedersCup.com. You will hear more about the Breeders' Cup again in tomorrow's show. This week's show is going to be a bit of a different dynamic. So Again, this is Wednesday night. I'm recording this. First, today was effectively my Monday. Uh, We had a good day at Keeneland, and I was sitting there and before the Punch Bowl race was run, Punch Bowl made her return to the races. She was terrible. She was dreadful this afternoon. I have no idea what the figures came back, but the pace was a little bit hotter early on. She just did not pick her feet up. But as I was sitting there at the desk, I'm going through and I'm looking at the race and I hadn't priced it out yet. So I did it quickly on the fly. I made her an eight to five shot. And it's part of the reason I was as kind of adamant that she's she's a terrible bet. She may win. But she's a terrible bet at one to two or whatever it was. So it was something I was going to do anyway. But what better place to do it than right here and right now? And I've talked about making a value line in the past. Some folks believe in doing it. Others don't. Others want to do it by feel. Everyone's entitled to do it however they want to do it. I thought it would be interesting, especially for those of you that have never done this sort of thing before, to go through and price out a prospective Breeders' Cup Classic field. And Now, I have a list of horses. I don't know which ones are absolutely going to get in, which ones aren't. There are many things that can happen between now and pre-entries, which I believe come out on October the 25th, according to my friend over at the uh, Daily Racing Form, Lonnie Goldfeder. So rather than price it out and then just kind of report back to you, I'm going to go horse by horse, The 14 that I picked that I think are, you know, have a good chance of running, put it that way. And we'll have to massage the line as we go. Because it's highly unlikely it's going to be a perfect 100 shot right at the top. But I'll give you my rationale of why I've priced certain horses accordingly. And this this will serve as a little bit of a handicapping preview. My thought also, and I'm just kind of talking out loud now. Breeders' Cup week, my thought is that maybe there are two pods, maybe there's a a Friday preview and then a Saturday preview with sort of picks and and things of that nature, maybe they both come out on Wednesday, maybe it's a Tuesday-Wednesday sort of thing, I fly out on Tuesday of Breeders' Cup week, so I'll think on it some more, but maybe there are two shows that week for that sort of thing. But you can at least get a bit of a head start and let me know beneath the video player on YouTube or over on Twitter, you can send me a DM at Bernie or underscore Matt, what you think of this whole process. The value line, it's very simple. You are not projecting what they are going to go off at in terms of odds. You are assigning what you think a fair price would be. Okay. You have to do it for the entire field. And that number needs to equal 100 because they're, they are going to run the race. There's a there's a one sum, okay. And again, we're breaking it down basically in percentage points to get to one or 100. It's a it's an entirely subjective exercise. And your your line is really only as good as it is accurate. But at the same time, I think it's a good way to truly start to distinguish between what a pick is and what a sort of bet is, where value lies and where your heart lies. They can be two totally different things. And some people go very, very deep when they do this as far as the, you know, breaking it down by decimal points. I just keep them to to round numbers. And then you have to occasionally round the odds a bit. So, you know, when I have a horse that ends up being 16 to 1, I just, for most people's sake, they are more familiar with 15. So I just make the horse 15 to 1. Uh, if you are someone that is that anal about trying to make it absolutely, you know, bang on and the odds are going to be 6.72 to 1, I I don't care. That, that's, do whatever you want. I'm just telling you what I'm doing. It's for a broader audience and it works for me. And that's all I really care about. So here is the field of 14 that I have sort of sketched out. Okay. And I'm doing it in alphabetical order. Arabian Knight, Archangelo, Bright Future, Defunded, Dermasodagake, Forte, Go Rocket Ride, Il Maricolo, Mage, Proxy, Saudi Crown, Ushba Tesoro, White Abario, Zandon. Those are the 14 I'm operating with right now. There are quite a few more, and this may not end up being the field that gets drawn. But this is what I'm going to go with here on a Wednesday night on October 18th. Okay, so let's take them one by one at a time. We'll total up what the number ends up being, and we'll go back and make adjustments accordingly and get this thing up to 100 points and then show you what the odds would be for each one. So the case for Arabian Knight. He's a three-year-old. He's run fast. His fastest race is coming a mile and a quarter. He's got home court advantage. He's got Bob Baffert in his corner. Now when you take a look at this entire field, the pace dynamic of the race changes drastically if Saudi Crown goes. If Saudi Crown ends up in a race like the Dirt Mile, then all of a sudden Arabian Nights job gets considerably easier. I'm approaching this field as if they're both going. In which case, I will start off with Arabian Knight at .17, which equates to 5-1 to one odds. 17% chance of winning, 5 to 1. How do you figure out the odds? You take 100, you divide it by the percentage you have assigned, so 17, and then you subtract 1. Gets you to 5 to 1. Archangelo. I would, I would go as far as to say the most complete runner in the field, at least to my mind. Distance isn't an issue. He's beaten on all comers. Racetrack doesn't seem to make a difference. Distance, again, not a problem. I would say Archangelo .28, which is roughly somewhere in that 2-to-1, 5-to-2 range. Bright Future defeats Proxy in the Jockey Club Gold Cup. Mile and a quarter is not a problem. Not thrilled with the older horses as a whole. To me he would need to do take another step, which isn't out of the realm of possibility. I give him a .08 chance, 8% chance out of 100. They run the race 100 times, I'll give him an 8. Again, minding you that we're going to have to go back and tweak these numbers a little bit. This isn't going to be as simple as just, I mean maybe it is, but it very, very infrequently comes out that the first pass through I have it land exactly on one or 100, depending on how you're doing it. Uh, defunded. I've never thought much of this horse. I, I just don't think he's that good. Maybe being out west helps his cause, but I think he's taking on good horses. I don't think the pace dynamic works. I give him .02, which is a 2% chance, which equates to 50 to 1 odds. Um You You could make the case that from a talent standpoint, he is every bit as talented as anyone else. Problem is he has not run since the Kentucky Derby, and while this may be a uh, a group that is up in the air a bit, I just don't believe that a horse like this or any horse can come off this kind of layoff and defeat a field of this caliber so soon. I will give him a .05 chance, which translates technically to nineteen twenty. I round to twenty. Forte. Now I know he's got some. Little hiccups, and maybe he will, maybe he won't get there. If he does, he continues to kind of run his race. Do I, I don't think he's like a, a super likely winner, but I also don't think he's impossible. I would go point one one, which is roughly eight to one, somewhere thereabouts. Go Rocket Ride, nearly defeated Arabian Night in the Pacific Classic. He defeated him in the Haskell, trained by Richard Mandela, based out west. There's a lot to like there. I think you're splitting hairs between he and Arabian Night. so right now I will go 0.17. And I'm already getting the feeling that I'm going to need some really light numbers if I'm going to keep this thing well under 100 first time through. Uh, Il Maricolo, uh, you know, his big win was the Smarty Jones. He was drifting out badly, swapping leads. Uh, his subsequent start off the top of my head was not particularly good. I don't like his chances. I would go 0.02. That's 50 to 1. Mage. I, I just wish he had done more in the Travers to Haskell. I'd give him the benefit of the doubt for, and I thought he actually ran quite well. He was just so bad in, that, in the uh, Travers, so bad. I'm going to go .07, which would equate to 13 to 1. And again, that can be massaged a little bit one way or the other. Proxy, mile and a quarter is not a problem. He's run well at Santa Anita. Of the older horses, he's right there with Bright Future. Don't know that I love him. And if I couldn't separate those two at a mile and a quarter at Saratoga, why would I try to separate them now? Eight to one. Oh, excuse me, 8% translates to you know, 11, 12 to one, somewhere thereabouts. Saudi Crown. If he goes, both he and Arabian Knight have got similar running styles. Saudi Crown, I think, continues to improve. I'm not saying that Arabian Knight has not. I don't love that initially after the Pennsylvania Derby, when I talked with him, that Brad Cox said, oh, it could be the classic, could be the dirt mile, depends on the fields. Now it seems like it's squarely into the classic field. But even that little wavering, I I don't love. I would go .11, 8 to 1. Ushba Tesoro. I think as more and more time has gone by, I have thought, why am I overthinking this? The Japanese continue to win internationally. This horse won the Dubai World Cup. If this has been a down year for the classic division here in the United States, he had a perfect prep. The plan all along was to run in this race. His running style, probably not ideal for Santa Anita but maybe it doesn't make a difference. I will tentatively give him 14% chance, which translates to 6-1 to one odds. White Abario, arguably the fastest horse in the race. I, I still don't know where the Whitney came from. He's never been that kind of horse, and we have not seen him since then. He's been out west already, kind of getting acclimated to things. He is the sort of horse that I just... I. I'm not going to give him the benefit of the doubt based on one race when his main competition, Cody's Wish, didn't run. I'm going to give Guadabario 9%. and even, No, you know what? I'm going down to 7. 13 to 1. Put him on par with Mage. And then Zandon. I think Zandon is a very admirable horse. I just don't know how good I actually think he is especially when we're talking about horses like this. I know he's got that big fig coming in off the Woodward win. I'm, I'm not in love with him. Let's go .06, which would be roughly 16 to 1, which I, again, would probably just round to round 15. So let's do a first pass and total this up, and it's a massive number. I'm way off. So now this is where things get a little bit kooky, right? If you sum all these up, we are at 1.43, okay? That means I have to kill 43 points somewhere. So when I get into a situation like this, the first thing I usually do is I go to the longest shots, meaning the horses I've given the lowest probability of winning, and I immediately take away one. So let's start with Bright Future. He's going to go from 8% to 7%. Defunded is going to go from 2% to 1%, so I'm making it basically 100 to 1 shot. Dermas is going to 4% is going to 10%. Maricolo is 100 to one shot now. Mage is going to be roughly a 15 to one chance. Proxy is down to 13 to one. Saudi Crown's down to 10 to one. White Abario to 15. Zandon to 20. Still have 33 points to find. Now I'm going to go more toward the top end and start tweaking these numbers a little bit. Okay, Archangelo, that 28. It's probably going to drop down to 24 now, so now we make him a 3 to 1 chance. If I'm afraid of the pace scenario possibly compromising Arabian Night because of the presence of Saudi Crown, I probably need to downgrade Arabian Knight a little bit, so we'll make him a 14% from a 17%. That brings us down to 126. Now, if you were doing a morning line, a number like this is reasonable, Still probably want to get it down closer to the high teens, low 120 range. The reason that is okay compared to a value line, the morning line is factoring in the takeout. A value line does not factor that in. There's your difference. Go rocket, ride, again, there's really not that much between he and Arabian Night. Let's bring him down to 14. Ushba Tesoro, I don't want to really bring him down much from that 14. Let's bring Archangelo down to 22. That still has us at 121. I've got to find 21 points somewhere. So now I'm going to go back to the lower end. Okay, Bright future all of a sudden, 0.06. I'm going to leave Derma at 4%. Mage is going to be a 20-to-1 shot now. Proxy's going to be down to a 15-to-1 chance. White Barrio, I can't go much lower than 15, I don't think, with that big number. And Zandon will go down to a 30-to-1 chance. Archangelo, I hate to do this, you're dropping down to a 4-to-1 chance now. Okay, so here's where things stand currently. Actually, no, this is an easy one right there. Forte is dropping down to a 13-to-1 chance. Saudi Crown will drop him to a 9%. Hmm. (laughs) Hmm, hmm, hmm. You know what? Saudi Crown is going to go down to an 8% chance now. Okay, so we are still currently at 109. So I have to find nine points somewhere just to update where things stand. I have Arabian Knight at 14%, Archangelo at 20%, Bright Future at 6%, Defunded at 1%, Dermasodagaki at 4%, Forte at 7%, Go Rocket Ride at 14%, Il Miracolo at 1%, Mage at 5 Proxy at 6, Saudi Crown at 8, Ushba Tesoro at 14, Ushba Barrio at 6, Zandon at 3. I hate to do it. I think, I think, I think, I think. Ushba Tesoro is going to drop down to an 11%. That gets us down to 6. Yeah, this is how we're going to do it. Archangelos down to 18. Arabian Knights, 13. Go Rocket Rides, 13. I have to find two. Forte, you know what? Yeah, Forte's gonna drop down to that right there. He's gonna go drop down to five simply because of Everything going on with the, the injury and or the not injury but the, the little nuisance and then the poor form coming out of the traverse. Okay, so here we go. Arabian Knight 13%, Archangelo 18%, Bright Future six, Defunded 1, Dermosyg 4, Forte 5, Go Rocket Ride 13, Eel Miracolo, 1, Mage 5, Proxy 6. Saudi Crown, 8, Ushbetsoro, 11, Oedabario, 6, Zandon, 3. Now, these corresponding odds are, for me anyway, again, you can really round however you like. I have Arabian Knight at seven to one, Archangelo at nine to two. Of course, my spreadsheet, I need to make all of these text just to make life easier. Nine to two. Bright Future I have at fifteen to one. Defunded I have at ninety-nine to one. Dermosotagake at twenty to one. Oh, excuse me, twenty-five to one. Forte at twenty to one. Go Rocket Ride at seven. Il Miracolo at ninety-nine to one. Mage at twenty-to one, the Derby winner. Proxy at 15 to 1, Saudi Crown at 12 to 1, Ushba Tesoro at 8 to 1, Huayda Barrio at 15, and Zandon at 30. So now, if we just sort of reorder all of these with a custom sort on my little spreadsheet, <clears throat> excuse me, Let's sort. Oh, wait a minute. What do we do here? We have to insert. Name percent odds. And if we sort this with a custom sort, we'll sort by odds. A to Z, okay. Okay. No, nope, that's not what we wanted to do. Let's undo that. At any rate. That's what I would be looking at. It's a value line that totals one or a hundred, however you'd like to say it. These are just fourteen horses. Most of them could get there. None of them could get there. I have no idea. But That's the exercise. And there are shortcuts around this. If you just want to do sort of a contender line, chop off 20 points, you have to then assign who you believe are contenders, and you disperse 80 points amongst them with the logic that 20% of the time, random shit's going to happen that you just don't. You don't believe in or you don't buy into. And that's just racing and gambling. This is a first pass-through. I will do this for real when the odds, or excuse me, when the horses are drawn and when post positions are drawn the whole nine. But just kind of giving you a lay of the land. This is how I would go about doing this. And I'll do this for all the Breeders' Cup races because I think it helps you in terms of making decisions, A, but then also in terms of looking at multi race bets. I think it's a really nice way to kind of truly decipher who you. Believing in who you don't believe in and how to go ahead and weight your opinion accordingly. I know some people, rather than using sort of the ABC method, they will only play their tickets based on the probability that they've assigned. So you've got a, a 20% in one race, a 50% in another race and a 10% in another. You multiply those numbers together. That gives you the probability that those three individuals actually come in. And then you're really only supposed to play that sort of a wager if you believe you're going to get at least that kind of return. That's farther into the weeds. Some of you already do that and already know that, but many of you may not. I just think this is a good exercise to get into the habit of doing. You don't have to do it for every single race, but it does make your life a lot easier, and I think it truly kind of helps crystallize where you think you're going to find value. So some of you will listen to this and go, Archangelo's never gonna be nine to two. You're probably right, which means I won't be betting him to win. Uh let's see. You know, defunded might not be a hundred to one. Well guess what? Even if he was, it doesn't mean I'm gonna bet him. Because a hundred to one chance inherently is not a likely winner. And I don't think there'll be an overlay. Based on these numbers, the most likely overlay I don't know, go rocket ride. At seven, somewhere thereabouts. Ushpizitsoro around eight. I think those would probably be the two most likely in terms of my line for right here on Wednesday, the 18th, but that can change. So many things can happen between now and then. But let me know what you think of this sort of, call it a very preliminary value line for the 2023 Breeders' Cup Classic. <clears throat> Excuse me. Beneath the video player on YouTube or on Twitter at Bernie underscore Matt. I will be back again tomorrow. I'll probably do this for the Distaff Division, and we'll also tie in some projections for the National Football League for this weekend's games. Again, thanks to our friends at Adelphi Racing. Thanks to our friends at the Breeders' Cup. And thanks to all of you. I apologize again about last week. Apologize for whispering, but again, I'm in a hotel room. I'd rather not you know, be hooting and hollering down here. Um, and now I've got a little bit of work to do because i got to get to bed and get ready to fire up the Thursday program down at Keeneland Racecourse. You can catch all the action live on FanDuel TV. Uh, best of luck however you play, whatever you play, and wherever you play. I will chat again with all of you on Thursday. Until then, it's been episode 175 of the Matt Burner Show.